You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanishevsky. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with myself, Natasha Stanishevsky. Thank you for being here. My guest this week, love her. Anastasia Busis from Calgary, originally now working in Toronto. She is a Canadian speed skater, participated, skated in two Olympics, including in Vancouver, uh, skated in six world championships, and now is working as a broadcaster for the CBC. Most recently coming back from Beijing. Yes, she was there trying to cover the Olympics in very strange circumstances. So we chat a little bit about that. We chat about her career. Uh, We talk about what it was like for her to come out uh, as gay right before the Sochi Olympics when Russia had announced some anti-LGBTQ laws and she stepped up and spoke out. Just a fascinating conversation about that. The bravery is just over my head when I listened to her talk about what it was like for her to make that decision to, to tell people about who she really is. So we had a great conversation Uh, Like I said, just a lovely person. I'm so glad she was here. I I really enjoyed it from top to bottom, and I hope you do as well. Okay, here she is. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Anastasia Busis coming to us from Toronto. Toronto. That's how I used to pronounce it when I first moved there, Toronto, because I wasn't (laughs) sure. I was trying to be like a journalist, enunciating my words, and then I realized, no, everyone says Toronto. Anyways, here she is from Toronto. That makes me happy because I'm a kid from Calgary and I was saying Toronto for a long time. And right? that quickly was like, nah, that's a no, no <laughs> Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> great to see you. So yes, it's good to see you too. Um, I'm living in Calgary. So I'm excited to hear about all the ins and outs of Calgary from you. Eventually we'll do that off the podcast. Cause we could probably talk about that for hours and how are you? have a few drinks. Yes. Okay. I love that. Drinks would be good. Drinks would be good. Um, how are things going in Toronto over there? What are you up to? Oh, I just came back from the Beijing Olympics. Yeah. So um, eating a lot of uh, lovely foods, catching up on uh, my love for Italian food, a lot of pasta, a lot of going to bed at like nine o'clock because the jet lag is for real. Um, but no, it's good. It's good. It was like a, it was a grind two Olympics in six months. So of course I worked for CBC sports. Um, it was a really heavy workload. And right now I'm like, let's just go on vacation and go surfing. Yes. That's my, that's my mindset. <laughs> Well-deserved. Okay. I want to get into the Olympics a little bit more in detail later, but I kind of want to start with your speed skating career because that's kind of how I know you the most, I guess, from obviously Tessa Benham. I think that's how we met, right? It's through Tessa. That's Tessa. Yeah. But everyone, everyone meets through Tessa. She's the friendliest human being that's ever lived. It's totally true. Everybody meets through Tessa, Um, but you're from Calgary, born and raised. How did you get your start in speed skating? I watched Oksana Bayul win Olympic gold in 94, Lillen Hammer. And I turned to my parents and I was like, hello, that's the sport I want to do. And um, meaning of course, figure skating. And I'm 5'10". And my parents were like, oh, honey, you're just going to be too tall for that sport. (laughs) So instead of putting me in figure skates, uh, they introduced me to the Calgary Oval, Calgary Olympic Oval, which if you have not speed skated, I'd love to take you to skating. 
uh, we can we can set you up with a skin suit and a national team coach. We'll definitely do that, Natasha. But um, do it. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. It's, it's the best facility, right? So, kid from Calgary had the privilege of uh, having a great facility. My parents were awesome, super supportive, and um, I had really good friends. Like since I was. I had really good friends in speed skating since I was just a kid. So we all kind of came up together. We all got better together. All, uh, all our lifelong friends. I mean, I'm going to get married within the next 12 months. It's difficult finding a wedding venue, by the way, in COVID times, let me tell you, but my, my bridesmaids will be speed skaters. So it's, it's really the gift that's kept on giving, uh, give me the best friends ever and give me a great, uh, career skating around in a circle. (laughs) Okay. But how do you go from figure skating to speed skating? Like they're very different. Like I can understand how that's how you started, but did you have like a love for speed? I guess, like, did you realize that you, you know, you want to be the first one to cross the finish line and not, you know, nail that perfect triple axle instead? I know I love the, well, I love the performance aspect of figure skating. I guess I've always been kind of a campy kid, like a dramatic kid. I was a big theater nerd as well in the high school, but Honestly, like I was a competitor. I loved the competition. Um, and I was certainly not like a phenom. I was not Sidney Crosby, but I was always kind of in the mix. So I got to learn some tough les- lessons. Like there were more races that I would come last in than be on the podium, but I always just had enough of the taste that kind of like, Ooh, if I skate really well, this is a really fun feeling. Um, it's not very fun when you lose too. So there were a lot of tears, but, uh, yeah, honestly, like I just didn't quit on myself. I quit, I quit speed skating in grade 10. For I got a job as a cashier at Chopper's Drug Mart. And that was like, yeah, I just reframed it. I was like, you know what? Being a speed skater is a pretty good way of life. I have fun. I've got great friends. And, uh, it took 15 years though. I, I won't lie. It took 15 years to essentially come across as, you know, air quote, and I'm rolling my eyes an overnight success. I, I qualified for Vancouver as, uh, the youngest skater on team Canada. And I, you know, I got to skate with like Clara Hughes and Cindy Clausen and <laughs> just epic, you know, human beings, Christina Groves that were my uh, role models growing up. So pretty, pretty lucky in my career. Amazing. That is some awesome name dropping right there. Athletes, <laughs> It's yeah, they're an unreal. So at what point did you realize? Because as kids, I mean, I was going to ask you about the Calgary Olympics, but then I realized I don't think you were born during the Calgary. Olympics. No, I wasn't. I'm sorry. I'm That's 1989. I'm um, 1989. I just, I remember watching it so clearly and there's so many memories that stand out. I was going to ask about yours, but you weren't born. That's okay. But as a speed skater, when did you realize that you might be able to go to your own Olympics? Was there a moment that you were like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. Yeah. And it, it came really late to be honest. Like, I mean, late, I was 19, but I, I really like, I, I won't lie. Like I didn't have one ounce of talent over anyone else, but I was always just kind of in the mix. Um, and, and so I knew that I had surrounded myself with people that had great potential. Not that you're thinking like that. I mean, they're again, truly skating with some of my best friends, but, um, I, I was really lucky to have grown up in Alberta when I did. It was kind of the golden age of Alberta speed skating. I think there were nine of us girls in and around the same age, and um, seven out of the nine went either to the national team or the Olympics or won Olympic medals. 
So I was really lucky with the people around me. Um, but yeah, it was, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. It was, it was the spring of 2009 and the final, uh, the final competition of that year, I had skated really well. And I, I looked at my mom and I was like, this sounds really cocky and it's so weird, but like, I think I might, I might go to the Olympics. And like, I had never really even skated internationally at that time, but something had just clicked. And I was like, ah, this trajectory is lining up quite nicely for Vancouver 2010. And you know, certainly uh, <laughs> it, it happened the way it, I think it was supposed to happen. I was really lucky to represent Canada there. Yeah, that is amazing. So you and I were talking before we kind of started the podcast. You have been involved in four Olympics, right? You participated in two or skated in two and then covered two, five? I covered three. Oh, I know. I'm getting, old. <laughs> I'm getting old. Five. I can't believe it. Well, let's start with Vancouver because I feel like it was such a wild time for Canadians and Canadian fans and you were in it skating and how, I'm, what were you like 21, 22, probably just 20, a just, just a babe. babe. Yeah. So like? it, it, Oh God, I'm going to sound so cliched. It's hard to put in to words truly because, um, did you have the privilege of going? No. And it's one of the few regrets I have in life. I was working in Edmonton at the time and I could not get away. I thought about it, just like getting a flight and going for one day just to be part of it, but it just didn't happen. Unfortunately. It was like Disneyland for adults. I mean, really, even if you weren't a sports fan, like you would walk down Robson and there'd be 200,000 drunk Canadians. And I have never, ever, ever seen, I mean, I'm, I'm, I understand I've only lived for 32 years, but I've never seen our country come together that way. Um, to see people truly wearing Crosby on their backs, to wave the flag, to make us feel, you know, us athletes, we felt like rock stars. Like I was lucky to be honest. I mean, I only raced one day. It was in the middle of the games. So I had half of the games to really like live the athlete life. And then the other half to just, be a bum and like party and watch sports and get free yeah. drinks and no line, no cover. Like, you know what I mean? It was the greatest ever. And to feel so, so proud. Um, it, it was just really a, a special time for this country. It was a special experience for me. It was also like a really um, heavy experience, to be honest, because it was so, so celebratory and so fun Um but I was personally very uncomfortable in my own skin. I had uh, realized that I was gay. I kind of accepted it. And um, it took a long time. You know, I was 20 and I really figured it out at 20. And I was deeply in the closet. And so it was really weird to feel this tension of being celebrated and, and realizing a, um, you know, a childhood dream of going to the games and doing it in your backyard nonetheless. And then also being so uncomfortable in my own skin, it was, there's a lot of dissonance. And um, I mean, I smile. I hope they can hear the smile in my voice when I talk about that experience. It was a great party, but fundamentally I was a pretty lonely kid, to be honest. I felt like I didn't really deserve to be there. Oh, it breaks my heart just to hear you say that you didn't feel like you deserve to be there. Well, I, but I think it, yeah, yeah, it is kind of a sad sentiment. I, trust me, it doesn't keep me up at night anymore, but I think a lot of athletes feel that way. You get imposter syndrome. Um, and, you know, like Clara Hughes carried the flag into the opening ceremony. And I'm like, 
you know, my, my dream was to be Katrina LeMay Doan, win two Olympic gold medals. And like, I, I just felt like, oh, I'm just little old me, you know, I'm too thin. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that talented. I, I, you know, I felt like I kind of skated above my level at the time and consistently and, da, 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 da. and now when I look back on it, I'm like, no, like I deserved to be there. But oh. when it was all, all going, uh, you know, all, all happening around me, you kind of think, do I really deserve this? So, right. That's how I think back on Vancouver. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you said you didn't feel like you were in your own skin. You hadn't come out yet, but then before, um, Sochi, when Russia had all these, um, anti LGBTQ laws, I'm assuming, or I guess you can tell me, did that kind of prompt your decision to be more public with with who you are? Yeah. And, you know, I, I really struggled to come out of the closet. I like, it's almost a it, it makes me laugh now, but when I was really confused, I thought, oh my God, I, I, I know the solution. I just have to start dating a boy. You know, I, I can be straight. I can do this. <laughs> and, uh, I know I like to poke fun at my younger self, but that truly was my, my thought, right. It was an all encompassing issue that took up every single ounce of energy in my body. And, um, after Vancouver, I really struggled with my mental health because I thought if people don't know the real me, Um, they're just going to see me for what I do. And I speed skate. And so if I had a good race, I was like on top of the world. And if I had a bad race, um, to be really frank, I, you know, I got tremendously depressed and contemplated taking my own life. It's pretty heavy, um, pretty heavy for a few years. And, uh, it really eroded my, my love for myself and love for my sport. And so when I was met kind of with this crossroads of, having, you know, come out to a few folks and feeling a little bit better about myself and then recognizing that perhaps I was going to go to my second Olympics in a country that did not support my lifestyle and <laughs> could literally throw me in jail. Um, it was a no brainer because I just know how incredibly lonely I felt when I was in the closet. And I thought if I can lend my name or my face or my story for some kid that might be feeling the same way that I have, or some kid that might think that they don't have a place in sport because they're gay, like, come on, I have to do this. Like I would regret for the rest of my life if I hadn't done it. So yeah, that definitely prompted me to publicly come out. I didn't think it would be that big of a deal. uh, But my poor 92 year old grandmother was having journalists call her looking for me. So it was a little bit of a a bigger deal than I expected, but uh, I really, really was, um, received warmly. And it's probably, to be honest, the, the thing I'm most proud of in my life. No kidding. I mean, just to hear you talk about it, I can't imagine the bravery sort of, and the courage it would take to do that after holding something like that so close for so long and feeling the way you did, like, like I imagine the, like the longer you hold it, the harder it is to come out with it. Right. Yeah. It, and, and, I appreciate, I mean, I, I appreciate you saying it was very brave. It, it felt as though it was my only option to be honest. So I, yeah, I don't want to pretend like I'm the most courageous person, but um, it has given me the gift of clarity in the sense that like, I had a few really good years when I was still in the closet speed skating because I, I really felt like it was life or death whenever I raced. Cause if I had a bad race, Uh, I would be in bed, like unable to get, 
get unable to get out of bed. And so I really put all of my self-worth into my results and realizing that it doesn't matter how successful you are, whether you win the race, whether you win Olympic gold medal, whether you, you know, drive a Lamborghini, if you're not comfortable in your own skin, like it does not matter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, that's, that's the biggest lesson that I have taken from sport and I'll try and live every day. Like you have to be yourself if you want to be successful. Cause if you aren't like nothing is going to hold, nothing's going to fill that void within your soul. Right. What kind of reaction did you get from, because you weren't just coming up to your family and friends, like you were representing Canada. So that's a pretty big deal. What kind of, what was the reaction? Like, was it what you expected? No, no. Like I was the only one from, I was the only athlete from North America to come out. And so it was like bonkers. Like, you know, CNN was trying to fly me down to LA to like talk to Anderson Cooper. Like, I'm like, what? This is wild. I did not go. Um, that would have been probably a nice little vacation to be honest, right before Sochi. (laughs) Um, but it was really, really lovely. Uh, I mean, of course you always get a few haters on the internet, but, um, that's, that's what the internet is for. It's a cesspool of people that like to yell at each other. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was really lovely. And, uh, obviously the Dutch are speed skating crazed. They love that sport. And, um, it really, there was one article in particular that, uh, really, really made me, you know, put a heart on put a smile on my heart. I was not a metal threat in, in Sochi and they wrote a huge paper, you know, huge article that said the first gold goes to Anastasia Busas. And like, you know, these are make people like these are my speed skating fans. They know what's up in the sport. And so it just meant a lot that, that they kind of gave me that love because uh, again, that's their sport. And it'd be like a Canadian, you know, saying something to uh right to the to the Dutch hockey team. Like, come on. <laughs> Amazing. I love that story. Um, okay. So I feel like we could talk about this forever, but I, I want to move on to your broadcasting career a little bit and what that transition was like for you. What was, first of all, retiring, was that difficult for you? Some athletes, I feel like they're ready to go and move on to the other thing. You know, other people, it's harder. It's a loss. Yeah, I, it was a loss, but I was also very lucky in the sense that, um, I always had pretty significant clarity. Again, I was like a, I was a campy kid. I loved the media. I loved theater. I loved, you know, watching Scott Russell talk about whatever Olympic sport. And so I was really lucky. Like I, I did get an opportunity with CBC. Um, it was a little bit on a whim. I just reached out, said, Hey, I have to retire. I was hoping to compete in Pyeongchang. Um, but my left knee was like, no, you're not. <laughs> now I do, do you work out a lot? God, I'm so bad. I don't work out at all. Ever. I try. I try. I've been, the last few months I've been pretty um, consistent, but it's a battle with me. But you golf though. You're, you're so good at golfing. Yeah, but golf, golf is not working out. I love golf. Like it is when you walk in the fresh air and the exercise and all that, I love it, but it's, it's a little bit, I mean, I feel like I need to do cardio. I feel like I need to lift. Like, I, I feel like I need to try to keep those things in my life, but it's hard. Do you walk the course or do you drive? I try, I try to walk whenever I can, unless I'm going okay. to courses now, but usually I, usually I walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, see, I, I still drive. I drive a cart and I drink way too much when I golf. So, uh, 
that's, that's what you have to look forward to <laughs> when I'm in Alberta. But um, no, like, honestly, it's always difficult when you're transitioning out of something in life. And certainly, I think on paper, it probably looked easier than it was. Um, you still think like, ah, oh, you know, I could have been somebody or what a shoulda, coulda. I definitely have regrets and wish certain things went differently. But I was pretty lucky with what I was met. And um, again, I mean, I had just retired speed skating at 27, never had lived in a, in a city other than Calgary. Yeah, like it was fun. I had a fun first, uh, first nine months, first 18 months in Toronto, for sure. So you have a communications degree, right? Communications degree from the University of Calgary. So you always had your eye on TV, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of athletes, like they retire and then they think like, Ooh, I want to be on TV and like assume that it's some sexy job, which it's, I mean, you and I both know it's like the exact opposite, but yeah, I always was really passionate about it. Okay. So you were most recently in Beijing and from what I've heard, it wasn't a lot of fun for anybody. Was your experience any different out there? It was, um, it was just a different energy. It was, um, you know, we obviously had to be in a bubble and, uh, it was, it it was just a little bit of a different energy than, than Tokyo, certainly. Um, the Tokyo bubble had a few really cool Japanese restaurants and you had a little bit more freedom. We didn't get that in Beijing. And so it really was like, here's my hotel bed, here's the studio, here's my hotel bed. So I can't say that I saw much of Beijing. Um, I have the best camera operator in the world though. And he just kept me laughing and smiling. And uh, there were a few nights that we got to go uh, to just like our hotel lobby bar for a beer at, you know, 7 PM and then go to bed for, (laughs) yeah, like that's the big payoff. But uh, no, it was, it was fun. I mean, it's always a privilege to, to tell the stories of Canadian Olympians, but um, yeah, to, to be in China during a pandemic, that's a different experience. I, I won't lie. No kidding. Do you have a, is this your dream job? Do you have a dream job or have you been thinking about what the ultimate goal is? This is like, I can't even tell you, like, I feel like I just told my mom this. So I don't, this is an exclusive and I hope it doesn't make me sound like I have an ego. My dream well, growing up, my gosh, I dreamt of uh, winning an Oscar, to be honest. I oh, my Oscar speech a few I times. Love this. And but I know this is like my coming. This is my second coming out <laughs> story that I'm a huge like theater nerd, <laughs> film nerd. Um, but yeah, I mean, my ideal, I, I love Graham Norton. I love Graham Norton, how he can just ask questions and carry a conversation. So to do something like that, I mean, more of a talk show and have a few people and have a glass of wine. I I love like British talk shows, how they'll have a glass of wine. Like no one gets like overly tipsy or anything, but Hmm. just kind of a little bit more of an intimate conversation and not just a straight up interview. I would love to do something like that. I think you'd be awesome at it. I feel obviously interviewing is a real art and like I anchored for so long and I didn't do a ton of interviews and now doing the podcast, it's kind of forced me to try and be better at it. It's hard. It's hard to be natural. I think you're very good at it. Well, 
Thank you. I don't know if I am. Sports Center was so like sort of regimented and timed and you could only have, you know, 30 seconds to say this. Whereas now there's so much more freedom and you can go off like what your interviewee says, but it's a real art to keep it natural, to actually listen to what the person says and go off all of that. Like, but I think you would be great at it. Oh, thanks. Yes. I, I, I mean, do that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Just spread the word, spread yeah. the word. <laughs> Thanks, Natasha. I will That's try. definitely my dream. Okay. But you love the theater as well. So what's your, what's your favorite movie? Oh dear. Oh, we got to have a dinner party. Cause this is like my favorite type of uh, conversation. This is really nerdy, but one movie that I think I like, this is how I'll frame this. If it's on TV, I will watch it regardless of my mood, regardless of what time it is in the year. Okay. And regardless that I've seen it 35 times is the sound of music. Oh, good pick. I mean, it's a bit nerdy, right? Like I could have done something really avant-garde, but uh, you know, Julie Andrews, like, come on, singing, no better. That is nothing better. No, I remember my mom forcing us to all watch it as kids. And we were like, what is this dumb movie? But it is a classic. It's so good. And yeah, the singing and all of that, like, you're right. When it's on, it's hard not to watch it for sure. Yeah. I'm a big softie. (laughs) I love it. Favorite actress or actor. Now I have all these favorite questions that I want to. Oh God. I love, um, I love Kate Blanchett. Um, but I have a tremendous amount of respect for obviously Meryl Streep. I mean, yeah, come on. She's, she pretty good. She pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? <sighs> to be honest, I don't love movies. I, wah, wah. I know you're <laughs> going to be mad at me for that answer. I, it's not that I don't love movies. I just feel like there's so many bad movies out there and they're so long nowadays. I just don't want to sit in front of a bad movie for two and a half hours. I would, yeah, there's way more other things that I would rather do than that. There's a cute new, I think it's Disney Encanto. Have you heard of this? I keep hearing this Encanto. Okay. Bruno, is that the Bruno guy or yeah, something? Yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, I don't no. know. What does that mean? We don't talk about Bruno. It's a song. You have to it's watch a song. it. Like, okay. My fiance, Diana, is like obsessed. Like we literally are listening to Disney songs from like, honey, we got to cut this out. She's in the shower, like singing. We don't talk about Bruno. It's cute. It's cute. And okay. it's, I think it's 90 minutes. It's not too long. I will give it a chance. I will give it a chance. I mean, there are movies that I love for sure, but it's just not the first thing that I would gravitate to. Um, what's your favorite sport to watch? Um, well, I have to say soccer because again, my fiance yes. played uh, very competitive soccer, but uh, women's hockey, I mean, Canada, USA, if we want to bring it back to the United States, if we want to bring it back to the Olympics just quickly, that is a rivalry um, that I will always celebrate. I just think it's so, so fun, so passionate and so rooted in respect as well, as much as, you know, they certainly want to beat the other team. Um, I was a big badminton fan in uh, grade nine, grade nine city champion. There you have it, Natasha. Wow. Scoop. Yeah. Um, I might even, I might not have won cities, to be honest. I might have become second runner-up. God, I should stop saying that. Got it on my resume. That's my my special skill. (laughs) 
<laughs> what school did you go to? I can go and check. Like it's probably on the wall somewhere, right? Like a banner maybe or something. Oh, probably. Yeah. St. Yeah. Augustine, Southwest Calgary, and then Bishop Carroll. That was my high school. When you're going down uh Coachild, it's on your right. The, the lovely, it doesn't have large windows. I will say that, but okay. uh, it's right across from the flames community uh, arena. Okay. All right. Yeah. I know where that is yeah. now. Now that you say yeah. it. Okay. I'll okay. Your tour guide. <laughs> yes. When are you coming back to Calgary? Well, I want to, I will get you out of here, but I wanted to ask you what is next for you in terms of um, broadcasting and yeah. Are you coming to Calgary anytime soon? What's the plan? I will be in Calgary, I believe, for the Stampede. So we'll have to get around to golf in um, and do whatever people do at Stampede. Um, and then what's next? My gosh, it's a great question. But honestly, I, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I'm excited. It's I'm feeling very excited for the future. Again, two Olympics in six months was pretty tough. Like the workload was substantive. Um, substantial and so right now what's really next i'm going to go to costa rica and go surfing and get just some clarity and you know hopefully recenter myself and get some rest and some vitamin d but um there's definitely some big things on the horizon commonwealth games uh world athletics championships so definitely some big events coming but um yeah really just enjoying maybe a little downtime for at least a month or two and then Hopefully I'll have a, a really good answer for you when I see you in Calgary. Awesome. Last one for you. Out of all the things we've talked about, um, your speed skating career, all the Olympics you've covered, speaking so openly about being gay and mental health, what are you the most proud of when you look at your whole Anastasia's whole life so far? Oh, good question. I mean, I, I mentioned that I was, I was proud of certainly coming out of the closet um, publicly because I, I hope that it, you know, made even one kid's journey a little bit easier. Um, but I'm most proud of just the friendships and the relationships that I've been able to make throughout the, uh, throughout the journey. And, you know, the fact that we have a mutual friend in Tessa Banam and, you know, I moved to Toronto and slept on her couch because I didn't have a place to stay. I'm just so grateful for the friends. Awesome. Well, I, I love that answer. And I am so happy that you're here. I'm happy that we chatted. I feel like you deserve everything that you've done in your life, everything that's happened to you. So don't ever think you don't deserve it. I think especially as women too, I question things all the time. Everybody does. Right. I'm just like, God, we're so hard on ourselves. We work so hard and we do deserve it all. So, um, yeah. Go wow, out thank for you. Uh, Graham Norton. Did I just get that? Name? Yeah, yes. yeah, Graham Norton. Go out, oh my gosh. It. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Norton for sure. Uh, thanks, Natasha. I appreciate you so much. All right, thank you. We will see you. Uh, we'll see you at the Stampede. Yahoo! You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Senashevsky. Come on.